guess what? The enemy of our soul, the God of this age, Satan, who has blinded the minds of unbelievers, he doesn't care if you like Jesus. He just wants to make sure you don't give your life to Jesus. It is a slap in the enemy's face when you pray because you're praying in his presence and he can do nothing. When you face dark times, dark tribulations, when you feel like you're feeling dark oppression, it's time to tell darkness in the name of Jesus. Jesus is life. Jesus is light. Darkness, you must go. When Satan comes to attack, you have the authority to say, stop it. You have the authority to say, no more. You have the authority to say, it not today, Satan. Oh, man. Oh man! You usually start really like funny or something random, but no. like, I feel like you just don't want to. No, <laughs> like, no wanna, like... this one. I just want to like... get right into the conversation. We've been gassing up this episode for like two weeks now. We've been teasing it, but today we have an amazing episode for everybody. Yes, we do. An episode we have been excited for for so long. Um, it's a conversation that we wanted to have now that we're kind of, you know, this episode airs the Wednesday before Halloween. Ooh. And so it's kind of, you know, we wanted to see like what we could do with the spooky season. And so this topic is something that we are super passionate about learning, diving deep in, soaking in some information. And we brought together, we brought our pastor from our church, Pastor what's up, Charles. What's up? What's up? A warm How welcome. You? Thank you so much for jo- Thank joining us. Thank you for us. joining us. Glad to be Charles. here. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I met the first time I met you. I think it was um, you got on stage and you did like a poem or a rap. Oh yeah, come on now. Yeah, that was that was the first time that I met you, and I was like, wait, that was fire. Like I looked over at my brother, oh, and we were wow. nodding our heads, and we're like, wait, who is this guy? Oh, That's shoot. a throwback. Uh huh. That was a while ago, but um ever since uh every time you get on stage to do a sermon we are so excited mm. me and my brothers literally days before we'll be like oh charles is preaching this su- this sunday like we get excited everyone sits up everybody like, like we everybody the second we leave um the sunday service we're just like mind blown we're like wow that was an awesome service i think there's been many moments when we were receiving and i think i look at danny and uh-huh. it was like no, every time like this guy killed it. This hey, guy killed God's it. That's good, man. And That's like, exciting, yeah. man. That's a kingdom, right? Yeah. There. So, um, just introduce yourself. How did you get into the faith? A mm. little bit about your faith journey. Mm. You know everything. I mean, I forgot to even introduce what we're talking about mm. today. We're talking about demons, so we're gonna Ooh. focus in on demons. So stay tuned till the whole episode. We're gonna answer a bunch. Well, he's gonna answer a bunch of questions about um demons and everything related to that but i also didn't even welcome the people yeah i'm sorry man i'm I'm excited i'm excited i'm excited excited. but um what's up everybody welcome back to the in the fire podcast we love you thank you for tuning in whether you're listening on spotify itunes or watching us on youtube make sure to leave a like comment share the video we appreciate you guys tuning in the most important link the patreon the family you guys could come join us do a bible study prayer time connect with us it's a beautiful beautiful time so make sure to check that out but other than that, I just want to dive deep. Yep. Go ahead. Sweet. Um, you know, my, my story is like I actually did come to faith when I was younger. Okay. Um, and I actually had a really, like I stayed in this faith, like, you know, through my childhood years mm-hmm. into my teenage years. But when I was 16 is when the shift happened for me. Um, that's when actually talking about like even just deliverance and demonization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit where I felt like I got delivered from a pornographic addiction. And mm. so... Um, I was 16 and I had been struggling with this for some years. Okay. And, uh, in one night, uh, I remember I would fallen to sin in this area and I felt just like a physical darkness of it. And it was actually demonic, not all pornographic addictions okay. are demonic, but in my case it, it was. And I remember I went upstairs to my bedroom and I just started praying. And as I was praying, it was almost like stuff was vomiting out of me as I was praying for about 15 minutes. And I was 16 at the time, and uh, that's over 20 years, and I've never fallen back into pornography. Wow, not even once. Wow. And um, it was a it was a break off of it. And it turns out there's some generational stuff involved with that. And Ooh. so, um, 
And so God delivered me. So so that kind of set my faith in, in, in some okay. new ways and kind of introduced me even to deliverance, even though at that time I wouldn't have known that we were dealing with something yeah, yeah, yeah. that was demonic in nature. But anyway, just some background about like me, like kind of professionally. So, okay. um, you know, I serve as a pastor. I have um, also some degrees that kind of give me some acc- accolades in some okay. ways. So I have a an MDiv from Alliance Theological Seminary as well as a THM from Princeton Theological Seminary. And so at Princeton, I studied actually world religions. So a lot of people just think I was just studying Christian studies. I was actually studying uh, other world religions. And so even now as a professor, I'm capable of teaching uh, world religions, whether it's Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism. Now, now you were a Christian while you were studying all this. Yes, I was. So what was that like, studying all the other religions? Like, were there times where you're like, ooh, like, you know this, ooh that, like biblical background and... You know. Yeah, you know something. So it, it that was for my THM. So that's a really academic degree. So okay. at that point, it was really like I was kind of breaking it down like academically. Mm-hmm. And so like I knew where I stood on things, but it was like kind of just trying to understand um, other worldviews and also just kind of... It, almost create a platform for the gospel to be quite wow. honest with you a mm. platform to be able to reach people because there's intersection because people are still people regardless mm. of your faith you still have values for love for faith for community right uh, for family and things like that and so like that was looking for those intersections mm. what, what is it like teaching that though like are you afraid of leading somebody astray or yeah you know it's really cool so in my particular context like um, so I teach in a philosophy and religion department, but I actually get the full freedom to be who I am. So I literally stand up in the class. I'm like, so I'm a Christian. These are my faith convictions. Um, and then I, I say, I teach certain things and I'll even say like, I disagree with this. You can agree with this, but I actually disagree with these different things. So I have a really cool platform in that sense. Interesting. I've never heard about a teacher being able to do that. Exactly. That's why. And that the beauty is I, I serve in a philosophy and religion department. Okay. So, so basically it's under the guise of what I do so that's why like it's like I'm teaching religion and so I can't separate my religious identity from the instruction Mm. and so like even like the chair of the department like I'll talk I've prayed with him I've prayed with the chair of my department like literally like in Jesus name and and he's not a believer but he was going through some 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 health things and Mm. I I was like hey can I pray for you in Jesus name and he was like yeah Uh, and it's just kind of goes with the territory of being in a religious department Mm -hmm. so I have that freedom at least for now that's incredible that's incredible well okay so how did you get into pastoring from doing yeah. all that and if you don't mind just putting the mic just slightly closer. yeah sure yeah, yeah. so like I, I get i got into pastoring just um almost organically you know i had a calling for ministry a calling to preach okay and um i'd go to different churches and there's this one church that just stood out in Inglewood, and uh i just said hey i want to volunteer to do some youth work here and i was in my early 20s and before you knew it i was a youth coordinator um, and were you and at Princeton at this time? This was even before I started seminary. Oh, so this snap. was like, this okay. was year. So I didn't even have a, my master's degree at that time. Okay. So did you know where your career was going at that point? No, I didn't. Uh, at that time, I, I knew I had a calling for ministry. Okay. I didn't know how it looked, but I knew I had a calling for ministry. <laughs> and so I, I had studied theology as an undergraduate in college. Mm-hmm. I did. Uh, but at this point, I just wanted to do some evangelism. I wanted to see people saved. I wanted to see mm-hmm. people encounter the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, and so so I just said, I'm going to serve. And then God unveiled deeper levels of my academic calling yeah. and purpose in pastoral ministry. Wow. Yeah. In terms of career-wise, like, what were you thinking about for a career? Like, did, like, is something so I'll say pressure? this. As a career, I wasn't sure at that time. Now, this is I was, I was in my early 20s. I wasn't sure. I did think I might go into scholarship because I started getting a real strong interest to, to teach church history, actually, hmm. which is interesting. And so I thought there might be a scholarship element to it. Okay. And uh, and a lot of people would say, like, hey, you sound like kind of a professor when you talk. And so I, I was thinking about that, but I wasn't sure. Uh, but in yeah. 2011, um, I had this long thing where I decided to backpack through Europe for 40 days, huh. no phone, no computer. And I went to <laughs> all these ancient religious sites. I didn't even tell my parents I was going. I didn't tell anyone I was going. I just got on a plane and I left the letters for people saying, hey, you can't contact me. You can't reach me. I'm going to be in Europe for 40 days. No way. And wow. you know what? I did that. And when, and when I came back, I was like, after seeing all these countries, there's I went to 14 countries all these these religious sites i was like you know what i want to be i want to be a professor or something and that's really kind of jump start that so cool we what made you do that you know i was discontent with just a lot of things uh here in the states uh mm. discontent with kind of church ministry 
uh, even friends and people. And so I was like, I got to get out of here. So I did 40 days because, <laughs> you know, that's a significant number. Yeah. Okay. And so it was like a religious journey. So I just said, you know, what? I'm going here. And, and I literally, I left a note for my parents saying, I'm going to be gone for 40 days. I didn't tell them anything. And then for 40 days, what? I didn't even, I, I, I didn't have a cell phone, didn't have a computer. I stayed in hostels. I met people from all over the world, almost got arrested in France, pickpocketed <laughs> in Italy. How? How? Yeah. Dude, that's a story. I don't even know if we get into it. But in, in a nutshell, no I was I was I was walking down this street. I was in France. I thought I was in Spain. So they start talking to me in French. I don't know. I don't yeah, know Spanish yeah. or French. And so I just start talking to them in Spanish, and they get really suspicious of me. And there's literally like this van with with a whole bunch of cops with rifles, and they were about to throw me in the van. And and because they were like wondering why I was speaking Spanish broken spanish right in france when when and when i showed them my passport they saw i was from america it's so like that why didn't you talk in english from the start <laughs> and so they got all suspicious of me but anyway they let me go no and literally while i walked walked like a few like maybe a few meters down they stopped some guy behind me and they threw him in the van and now imagine i would have been in europe no one knows where i'm at no phone nothing stuck in some no french prison way. but i had story i had stories for i could talk for i could do a whole podcast on, on so, europe. so would you say things would be different right now if you never went to that to europe yeah i think so Wow. Yeah, that was a. It was a. I, I I divide my life in before Europe and after Europe. Really, my adult life before Europe, wow. after Europe, because that shifted me and sent me. When I got back, I went to into a season of revival, prayer and fasting, uh, for about I think is three months. Like three months, I think I did no TV. I'd fast uh, like up until like six every day, and I was I was oh, honestly wow. I was in prayer honestly two three sometimes five hours in a day no way. it was just a revival season that that came and literally the way seminary started was i woke up one morning during this season and it was like 7 30 in the morning i opened my eyes and i heard the holy spirit say apply to seminary today <laughs> no way. turns out classes were starting the next day so i called up the seminary the day before the classes started and said hey i'd like to go to to seminary and they said well next year or in the spring i was like tomorrow and they laughed on the phone they laughed but God opened the door that I started, and I didn't. Oh, I didn't even wow. miss the first class. So, <laughs> what? That's God. All right. Before we move on, okay. what was it like coming back to your parents? After oh that? wow! My dad understood. My mom was really upset. She she didn't talk to me for a couple of weeks. She was because so, she was just terrified that I was in Europe and she had no idea where I was, what was happening to me, and she knew that if something did happen, she couldn't even help me. She was so upset. Wow. My dad was worried, but when I got back, he he kind of understood. So he was he was okay. But um, yeah. Oh, but that's the life wow. journey, right? Okay. So well, I going to Europe. <laughs> Yo, no, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, let's you go should. to Europe. Let's you do should. 40 days. Hey, That's crazy. Or go for like at least a couple two weeks. That would I'm be awesome. You, it's life changing. Wow. Yeah. Well, I want to unpack everything you said because there was so much that you said in your testimony. You said that you fell to uh, pornography, mm. and to you, it was um, demonic. Yeah. Okay. How did you realize that was demonic and not? Because I mean, it's just a struggle. Right, just a struggle. Yeah, I'll tell you. So I, I didn't realize at the time. I realize it now later through like the eyes of experience. Okay. And the reason that I know that it was demonic is number one, it got set free just like that. It got lifted off of me. Mm. Um, and and then also uh, I felt actually the heaving when I was getting delivered. Mm -hmm. um, There's also a generational part of it that okay. kind of seems like... Um, something was lingering like a spiritual lingering okay. in the family history in this particular area um and so those are some of the keys that i i recognize for me it was it was demonic a lot of times you'll recognize something is demonic rather than just inner healing when it kind of gets it's able to be dealt with almost in immediate fashion hmm. um so like when you are dealing with any addiction um sometimes it is natural um, and also sometimes it's also just an inner healing thing that needs to just be healed and submitted to Christ. Mm. Um, and, and so those things have to be worked out. Those things have to be worked out. It's almost like building character. It, you build character over time. But when you look at even biblically with deliverance, like there's when Jesus would say like, be free or come out, there's this like lifting off that happens. Mm. And for me, the, 
the pornography was like that. Um, and so, so I'll, I'll be honest, like I could fall back into it. Okay. I could. Um, and it's not as if like I have no temptation or I've never had a temptation since then. But the difference is, is that uh, after that night, the compulsion, the like the almost like mm. the urge that was almost irresistible that's what broke off of me and that was what was demonic about that particular addiction for me in my particular case mm. so so if somebody is dealing let's say with a, a pornography addiction or mm. any addiction in general what how do you tell them is this demonic or is this uh inner struggle yeah so i'll say this my first assumption is that it's it's inner struggle okay. all right so that's gonna be i go off on that assumption so you know when you're dealing with like deliverance and and freedom ministry like there's a saying that i like it says um you don't want to find a demon behind every bush okay and then you don't want to beat around the bush when it's a demon right and so so my my first my first like uh instinct is to say all right let's look at this like is this sin patterns is this is this um some just like you guys have to crucify your flesh right and so we try to walk them through that and then we say like um Get them involved in the natural things, community, um, repentance, all these things that we know in, mm -hmm. that are, are biblical. And then if we see like there's this stronghold that is like almost like irresistible on top of that, um, then we explore. Maybe there's something demonic and we might pray and ask for some demonic mm -hmm. relief from that. Now, I will say this, too, is that when sin becomes habitual and longstanding, I will say that the demonic has a way of finding its mm. way to attach to that. And so, so I, I, I will, and, and the reason I'll say that I say that is because it is important to note that even where it's not like this full demonization, this high level demonization, you still want to rebuke the work of the enemy mm. in, in any area of sin. Yeah. Mm. There's, there is so much that I want to jump back to, mm. but before we continue, I do want to establish what is a demon mm -hmm. And, and all of that for anybody that doesn't know, I mean, including yeah. us, where do demons come from? What is their mission? Like, why are they here? How did they get here? All of that. Yeah. Okay. That great question. Let me see if I can put that in. <laughs> it's, quick, a quick, it's a lie. Yeah. Lie. So, you know, um, there are actually some different theories about what demons are. Okay, okay, out there. If you look in the academic world, like some people say uh, they're disembodied spirit of the Nephilim of Genesis chapter six. Uh, some people actually say uh, they're the disembodied spirits of a pre-Adamic race. Um, I reject those notions. I think the Bible gives most credence to the idea that demons are fallen angels. Fallen angels. They're fallen angels. We see, uh, I believe it's in Matthew, the 25th chapter, verse 41, if I'm not mistaken, where it even talks about Satan and his angels. Um, mm. We see even in, in Revelation, the 12th chapter, where it's Michael the archangel fights against Satan and his angels. And so so we see that um, that these are angels that were once serving God, but made a choice to rebel uh, just as Satan rebelled. So Satan himself somehow uh, coaxed and coached mm. these angels into following in his rebellion. And so when we talk about the purpose of demons, the purpose of demons is to thwart everything that God desires. That's their overall purpose, to thwart everything that God desires. And so so the demonic, they seek to blind people from the gospel. Mm -hmm. You know, it talks about in the Bible how Satan himself uh, is the God of this age that blinds people to the gospel. So they want to blind people to the gospel, the hope of who Jesus is. Um, we see in, in, in scripture that demons can even cause physical ailments uh in one of the gospel accounts you see like mm. a woman is she's hunched over uh and it's because of something that's demonic um they they cause uh, uh, uh even psychological issues you see that there's that the boy i think it's in mark the ninth chapter if i'm not mistaken uh there's a boy that throws himself into the fire uh and he can't almost can't control it wow. and so 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 demons are are, are here to thwart anything that that god desires and how that's experienced in our life is it's through oppression um it's through um harassment mm. um and also suppressing meaning suppressing the the purpose of god in our life mm. now do do those um demonic i guess uh, effects 
Do that, does that still happen today or is that just Bible times? That absolutely happens today. And, I, and you know something? I think that <clears throat> like a lot of believers run into this whole issue um, where they see them, their self, themselves so separate from the biblical world. Mm. And, and, and this is particularly in the Western world, you know, because what happens is we say like, we read the Bible, there's all those miracles and people are like, I haven't seen a miracle. Mm. Um, and then they see all these deliverances like, I haven't seen that. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and, and what happens is many of us actually are experiencing, um, if we're zoning on the demonic, things that are demonic, but our Western worldview almost like, like cancels mm, it out. Yeah, uh, we we don't acknowledge it as yeah. demonic. Um, it's just spooky. Like right, right, like right. I I heard weird voice in the house. It's just spooky. Mm. Uh, where it's like, oh no, that might just be demonic. And I think if we embrace the worldview of the Bible, um, it would make more. We we'd have more sense of some of the experiences that we have. Mm. Um, and so I think so. So yeah, to answer the question, um, the demonic happens today and the present and the now it's real Mm. um and in christ we're victorious over it Mm. so i i want to jump back to um the fallen angels thing yeah does that mean angels are still falling like can angels still now uh go against god choose to go against god and can demons repent and become angels again like how does that whole thing work? great question you know um there's a scholar by the name of Sam Storms, and he writes a little bit on that. And um, so the Bible isn't explicit. So, so I got I should actually lay this foundation. So a lot of stuff that we talk about when it comes to like demons, spiritual warfare, deliverance, is not explicitly stated in the Bible. Hmm. All right. Now, now people start to have some problems with that. But, but let me give you some context. Um, the purpose of the Bible is not to give us a demonology. The purpose of the Bible is not to emphasize the kingdom of darkness. The purpose mm. of the Bible is to tell us about the character of God mm-hmm. and, and, and what that means for us as human beings in relationship with him. That's the purpose of the Bible. Um, so the Bible doesn't, isn't going to talk about demons and Satan with great um, depth because that's not the intended message. But what we do see in the scripture is that Jesus, the disciples, parts of the Old Testament, they deal with demons and evil spirits. Okay, mm. so 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 now we recognize that oh wow, this spiritual warfare is going on, and there's a lot of things in the New Testament uh, that the community of Christians understood regarding spiritual warfare, and so they don't have to write uh, write it out directly in the text. Mm-hmm. It's just it was a lived reality. They assume these things. So when Jesus shows up on the scene and he's speaking to demons, it wasn't like people were like wait, I don't understand this. They the worldview actually knew about these things. Mm. Um, so so. So that's really important. So now with that being said, to go back to the question here, um, the Bible isn't explicit about uh, demons. Uh, can Are they, I'm sorry, angels, are they still able to fall? Um, what level of, of choice do they have? Um, even with demons and repentance. But the Bible does give some indications. And so uh, Sam Storms will, will argue that the Bible seems to indicate that all the angels that have chosen to fall, that's already occurred. Hmm. Um, we do see that the Bible gives a lot more evidence to say that there is no plan of salvation for the demonic, and there is no sense that they're going to repent. And we see that even through Revelation, that the de- demons are still in rebellion to God, hmm. um, and there is no crucifixion, so to speak, for the demonic. Um, in fact, I, I actually always say that one of the reasons that demons, Satan, hate humanity so much is because they recognize that the cross is the greatest sign of God's love for humanity, and mm. it serves as the symbol of a redemptive plan to which they have no access. Mm. And so, 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 what we so our, from what we see in the scripture, it seems to suggest that uh, that the angelic uh, beings that have chosen to rebel, it's set. Right. And that there is no redemption for for demons, and it doesn't seem to suggest that Satan or any demon has any desire for repentance or mm. redemption. And now I'll speak just from experience. Um, when I've done deliverance and seen demons manifest, um, they really hate God. They they hate God, and it comes out in every expression of who of their being. They are just in. Re- 
rebellion to God. Hmm. And so there's not like this ambi- ambiguity in, in their psyche. Right. But the, the part that like blows my mind is why, why would God create that in the first place? Why, mm. like, I guess like it's the typical you know question of like oh why is bad thing why do bad things happen in the yeah. world but it's kind of like in your own kingdom in heaven yeah you know how could you have somebody hate you that much to then go against the creation that is made by your image like I don't know it's all just like why create demons and and the enemy in the first place yeah well it, it sounds like you know God is you know God is this is a character characteristic of god he is a god that wants to give freedom he doesn't dominate Mm -hmm. like even as believers he doesn't dominate us but even to the divine yeah yeah so 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 the point is he since he doesn't dominate god is always trying to give freedom for us and to some extent even the angelic he's Mm. giving freedom to them and so when you have freedom you have the capacity now right, for right, some right, sort right. of evil. And so so now why did God do that? That's a, that's a mystery that's somehow hidden in the sovereignty of who God is. Mm. Um, but he did give the angelic realm some degree of freedom. Right. And they misused that freedom. And so mm. here we are. Wow. Um, in spiritual warfare. In spiritual warfare and, and being redeemed by Jesus. Mm. Amen. Can you break down spiritual warfare? What is that? What's happening? So, so, so spiritual warfare in a nutshell, it's the conflict that's happening between the kingdom of God and mm. the kingdom of darkness. So, so in a nutshell, broad terms, you have one kingdom, again, the kingdom of God. Right. Then you have another kingdom that's ruled by Satan, the kingdom of darkness, and there's a clash. And there's a clash. And we are experiencing the clash between those two kingdoms. Are we experiencing it all the time? Like, is there a constant war going on right now? There's a constant war going on at all times. And, and, and you know, a lot of believers have to understand that. Now, I will say this. Our experienced reality doesn't always reflect that because we have moments of peace um, and all mm. these different things. But the war is still going on. And, and, and here's the thing is, say you have that moment of peace, you're in worship, and it's just like all light. Mm-hmm. It's all love. It's all mercy. That's actually just the kingdom of God having come upon you Hmm. and you embracing that. Um, But darkness hates that still. Darkness sees that and darkness wants to thwart that, divide that, wants to rob you of that. And so Hmm. uh, the spiritual warfare is going on all the time, all around us, through our neighborhoods, through the the streets, Hmm. everywhere uh, in this invisible realm, which Hmm. many theologians would call the second heaven. So, so, so yes, spiritual warfare is always happening at Hmm. at every moment. And and should Christians, should all Christians be involved in spiritual warfare or should we leave it to the people that know spiritual warfare? Here's the deal. If you're a Christian, you are in spiritual warfare. That's, that's part of what it means to be a believer. Hmm. Um, the moment that you say yes to God, you have joined the team of the kingdom of God. Mm. And and guess what? In hell, your picture went, and I'm speaking metaphorically right, and right, facetiously, right. your picture went up on the wall and said, all right, we Wanted. have a new enemy. <laughs> yeah, great. I love it. Want it. Yeah, yeah. And so by virtue of being a believer, if the Holy Spirit's inside of you, you actually are engaged in spiritual warfare. Mm. So it's not a choice if you're gonna uh, be in spiritual warfare, it's the reality. The, 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 the real question is to what extent are you gonna mm. be aware of the reality of the spiritual warfare that's going on? And I will say this, the more that you do things for the kingdom of God, the more you're gonna experience it. The more you go try to tell your friends about who Jesus is, the more you're going to experience it. The more you try to start saying, hey, how about we have that prayer meeting uh, 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 on Thursday mornings, the more you will experience it. The more you say like, you know something, I want to give God more of my life, more of my heart, more territory in the things I do, the more you're going to run into the the kingdom of darkness and, and the reality becomes more real. Mm. But the beautiful thing is we have the weapons of warfare to be victorious. So a question for, you know, that saying of like, if you're not a Christian, then the enemy is leaving you alone. Mm. But if you become a Christian, all of a sudden now is like spiritual warfare. How, what's your take on that specifically? If like mm. you're not a Christian, yeah. So, I, so, so the deal is, um, when you're not a Christian, guess what? You're in the enemy's camp. 
So you're 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 working for the kingdom of darkness. That's what's happening um, to different extents. Yeah. Like there are some people that are actively working for the kingdom of darkness, right. meaning they're doing they're they they know that they are in witchcraft and mm. they are Satanists, whatever. Mm-hmm. They can be actively, and then you have some people that are like low active level, meaning they just live immoral lives and they're aware that they're living immoral lives. Then you have some people that are just trying to be good people apart from Christ Jesus, but they're still actually being pawns in the overall agenda of 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 satan and and how's that manifest it's like kind of like this theology of or this thinking rather of just kind of like well you know i don't really need jesus i just need to be a good person that's a lie from hell Mm. that's a lie from from the kingdom of darkness and so even just saying that statement and 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 um endorsing that it's you're actually doing the the enemy's work and so when you're not a believer um, you're already on the team of darkness. And so when, it's, when we say Satan leaves you alone, <clears throat> uh, I won't say that's 100% accurate, but um, Satan recognizes how he can play you as a, as a piece in his chess game. Mm. And, and so meaning, I, I think to some extent, some non-believers might coast through life not experiencing some of the pressure that Christians might actually experience because Satan's like, I have them. I have him. Uh, he's doing yeah, the things yeah, I yeah. need. I need to get done, and we can keep this thing moving. Mm. And then sometimes he'll pull you a little bit deeper. For some people, he wants to pull deeper, and they might experience that. Um, but so, so I would say, uh, does Satan leave you alone? Not quite, but in mm. some cases, he lets you coast because you're already doing his work. Mm. Wow. Mm. I, I want to go back once again to your testimony. Mm. Just, I just want to break it down completely. Yeah. You said. Um, you realize there was generational stuff to it. Yeah. Uh, how how does that work? Did it end? I know, like, you know, we believe that it ended with you. So your kids and their kids and their kids, like, yeah. Uh, I mean, we pray that they won't have to deal with that. Um, but how do we know if we have generational stuff? And I guess combined with another question is how much protection as Christians, do we have from the demonic realm? Yeah, like, can we? Can people do witchcraft on us? Can can we be attached to generational curses? Just, I, I just all of that. I just want to throw. Yeah, that out let's there. see. How, let's try and unpack this. So, you know, when you talk about like generational um, curses and things that kind of, the way you recognize those things is just look through your family and see like what patterns uh, mm-hmm. of sinful dark behavior seemed to just be um rampant right you know like if everyone in your family all the men are dying at 40 of a heart attack there's probably something generational there and and Mm. and of course there's biological things as well right um and so we explore those things but then there's there's other things they're just kind of like like everyone in the family uh always struggles with pornography Mm. everyone in the family struggles with this or struggles with that that's when you like look and say like maybe there's something generational and a lot of times when you see some patterns and you go back to like do some research you'll see sometimes for certain sins like there's there's some contracts or some agreements that were made Mm. um you know like for example I, i just um you know, a few months ago, I saw, I got to see someone that I know uh, get delivered from uh, demonic oppression. And uh, he got introduced to the demonic through uh, a female that he was dating. Mm. And turns out she came from a whole line of witches. Wow. Um, her mother practiced occultic stuff, witchcraft. Wow grandmother practice occultic witchcraft mm. and and she herself now this is the thing is she wasn't really intentional about practicing it but she was incorporating elements of it mm. and and she that was like she was getting in, introduced into it mm. and so there's something generational that gets that needs to be broken off and you know i got to pray with her and i, I really believe we did break off some stuff and uh, i haven't followed up with her but even when we prayed um that came up that came up prophetically, and mm. and and she confirmed it as well. Wow! Um, I think I, I forgot the other question. The, you the, how much protection as Christians do we have? Yeah, you know. So so the thing is, we have a whole bunch of protection because the Holy Spirit's in us and through us. Um, you know, you know, Ephesians six, we talk about like the the, the mm. armor of God. I think that some Christians are getting exposed because 
they simply just don't put on the armor of God. Mm. Uh, Paul says, put on the full armor of God. And and we go through all those elements. And so um, you have the protection. I guess the the question is, are you embracing? Are you using the protection? Are you actually lifting up the shield of faith? Like, are you actually um, swinging the the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Mm. Like, do you have the breastplate of righteousness? Um, so so sometimes Christians are like, I don't feel protected or whatever they're saying. Right, right. And and I think the real the real issue is um, they're not protecting themselves with the things that God has provided for them. Mm, the equipment, yeah. Um, and so 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 we do have protection. Um, now can we get affected by witchcraft? That's a great question. Uh I'm of the conviction, strong conviction, that yes, we can be affected by witchcraft, mm. but we have authority to break off those those um, witch those curses and um, attacks that come via witchcraft. Really, I've 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 grown up to believe from what I've heard that us as Christians we are protected from witchcraft, so they can't do witchcraft on us. Now I didn't know that. So you say that we can. Yes. So here's the deal is we have authority over it. It, It's it's the same thing as this. Um, As a believer, you now have the freedom not to sin. You, but you have to exercise exercise that freedom. Right. Right. Um, There's times where, uh, without a doubt, witchcraft has come and destroyed churches. Mm. Like the spirit of strife and division came into a church. Was it that the Christians weren't protected? Uh, and, and and the reason we know this is because talk to talk to like take take someone like a John Ramirez like uh, if you guys know who that is right. ex Satan worshiper became a believer he would talk all the time about curses and things that he would go that he would put against Christians and churches mm-hmm. and ministries and things like that just to just to mess them up um, and is the question were we not protected uh, no no we had the protection but it goes back still to that whole thing of like were we exercising authority to break those things off because mm-hmm. Satan comes with agenda to actually. Uh, dismantle and rob us of our personal ministry as well as collectively as a church the ministry that God has for us and so he comes to put he, he comes with witchcraft spells and potions um, Pastor Phil uh, you know the lead pastor at North mm-hmm. Jersey Vineyard he tells a story uh, right at the North Jersey Vineyard where um, he he said that um, he went to the church one time when they were meeting I think it was in Teterboro mm-hmm. and on the on the the, the tree in front of the church, it was uh, these rolls of tape. Like, uh, when I say tape, like old VHS okay. film, yeah, yeah, yeah. film, not tape, film. And it was rolled over all the all the bushes. And it happened like one or two um, Sundays. And um, hmm. what happened was he, uh, he, he had some friends from England that were in town. And they pointed out, they said, oh, this is a witch coven that has is is putting a curse on the church. Wow! And so they and so they stood in authority and rebuked it. Um, but I'll be honest with you, uh, if they're doing this, they're putting this curse mm-hmm. on the church, and it just mean it's meaningless, and Christians won't be affected by it. They probably would have stopped doing it a long time ago. Uh, I'm sure that they've probably done this. Mm, that's a good point. And and point. they've seen ministries break up. They've seen Christians wow. get get th- mm. get taken out and things like that. And so, can Christians be affected by witchcraft? That's insane. Um, in, in my in my experience, and even we we could go into more depth biblically right. if I had a little more time. Um, I would say yes, but we're not under the authority of that witchcraft, which means we can, when we start feeling the effect, we say, hey, in the name of Jesus, this has to stop. Mm. No more, because now we're standing on authority. Satan's always trying to slip in. That's what mm. it is. He's always trying to slip in. So so it's not enough to have the Holy Spirit and accept mm-hmm. Jesus. It's more of like, all right, so let's say I'm at work and somebody puts a spell on the food I was about to eat and I eat it. But if I wasn't in a prayer, I didn't have a prayer closet. I wasn't putting on the armor of God. You know, simply two years ago, I accepted Jesus. That's not enough. Like I could, yeah, so I could be afflicted. By I it. could be afflicted by it. So yeah. So here's and that's that does bring up another question here, or not a question, but just something to be mindful of. Um, there's a lot of protection that happens that God's doing mm. for us all the time. Even for non-believers, because if Satan had mm. his full, if Satan had his full way, everyone would be dead and just in hell. That's like that's what <laughs> Satan would like. He wants to kill that's everyone. True. But yeah. we see even like in you look at the book of Job, like like Job went through some serious stuff with the affliction mm-hmm. of Satan. Um, but God said only this far, only this far. And so so my conviction is that um, 
I'm sure that there's like tons of curses and things that go into the into foods, into movies, into candy and uh, and stuff uh, that God gives us protection against. Wow. Mm. Um, uh, but then there's sometimes where some specific things happen where we have to stand in our authority mm. to deal with. And so so I so all that to say is I go back to the principle I'm not going to find a demon behind every bush. So I'm not going to every time I eat a meal start to like mm. uh wrestle with wait is this uh is this cursed or is this not cursed please lord may it not be cursed or uh, right, witchcraft right, right. um i'm talking about uh there's sometimes where there's specific targets that come against you and you start to experience some of the the oppression of something you might have to look and say wait is there something demonic that's being sent up against me um so that's what we're talking about when i talk mm. about like uh the witchcraft effects so in those moments that you said where churches have been broken up because of like curses, if the church was in unison praying every day for protection, for unity, would they be broken up? Yeah, you say, I, I don't think so. But, um, you know, it's interesting. Unity is one of the strongest things in, in the body of Christ. Like being one is one of the strongest things to protect against so many different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so... So when when if there was these attacks coming and the church actually, I'm going to say, stood in the authority and also exemplified the character of Christ, um, I don't think that those those those, those breaks would have happened right. on any level. Um, and, and that's just church splits, but all other types of conflict, um, standing mm. in your authority and then also the character of Christ Jesus and what the how the Bible sets that up for us. Mm. Are, are there any practical ways for someone to recognize if they have been like, you know, cursed or something has been put on them or some oppression like? You know something? I, I feel like oppression is like one of those things you feel it. Like, like yeah. you start to, like, I think, I'll be honest with you. Anyone that's being afflicted by witchcraft, uh, they feel something. Something's not right, and they know it. Hmm. And even, this, even non-believers. Even non-believers. Hmm. That's the thing is, uh, I, I'll say that the reason I say even non-believers because I've, I've in my class I've had people come up saying like I'm I'm rest this is happening to me and like so I teach at a non-Christian institution, and um and I've experienced that I would say non-believers are usually less aware because they yeah. don't have any sort of language yeah. to it. But for believers, I feel like oh, I've never experienced a believer that's being subjected to witchcraft that doesn't feel like something's a little off mm. when they when they take the time just to think and reflect on it. Right. Yeah. Right. What's what about psychological stuff versus mm. demonic yeah that's like good. let's let's say even things like maybe even depression something yeah. like that how do i know if that's like is that always demonic or is it something psychological yeah good, great question great question um so so we have to remember like you know we as human beings we're complex so that means we're physical we're emotional we're psychological we're spiritual mm-hmm. we're social there's all these different things and so um, there are things that happen just in the psyche, psychological realm, mm-hmm. or even the physical realm. So, like, now every time you're sick, uh, means that it's it's a demon, um, right? Uh, but then we see in scripture clearly there are some sicknesses that demons can cause, mm. and so so we have to recognize there's a complexity there. So so my first thing is not every depression, not every like maladaptive behavior is 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 a demon i Mm. I don't believe that i don't think the bible would endorse that as well Mm. um so 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 that's that's a that's just a ground kind of thing here um now when you're trying to figure out like distinguishing the difference between uh something that's in the mind versus something that's demonic i i almost take it to inner healing and deliverance the difference between those Mm -hmm. two things so you know deliverance is like um there's something demonic we cast out, it's gone. And I think mm-hmm. I, I kind of alluded to, to this earlier. And then inner healing is like wounds of the soul, the soul being the mind, the will, and the emotions um, that need to ba- be bandaged up and healed. Okay? Mm-hmm. And so, 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 so those soul things... Um, they go through processing of healing. And so so when someone's like has like some like depression or anxiety... Um, usually that's going to be in the inner healing sense mm. like meaning like there's going to be some healing that needs to go over time and also there could be physical things related to that as well you know like if 
if your lungs aren't working properly and the doctor says like, hey, here's some medicine for your lungs, we don't seem to have a problem with that. But when our brain isn't working properly and there's medicine, we're like, that must be evil. And the brain is an organ just like the lungs True. and, and like the stomach. And so so there's room for that. So, so, so in a nutshell, it is like ultimately when you're dealing with the psychological and the demonic, there is a lot of discernment that needs to be just take place. And so I don't think there's like a like a flat line, like here's the litmus test answer for that, but recognize that as complex human beings, um, there could be a multitude of factors. Is that, um, is, that this, is that the same case if we go a step further with thoughts of maybe suicide or anything mm, like that? Is that the same case? Yeah, I think it can be. Um, now this is where we're gonna start, I'm gonna start speaking a lot of like editorializing on this one. Um, there's a there's a, a deliverance minister that I know really well. In fact, I've even gone to her for like just like uh, inner healing sessions and whatnot. And she says this. Uh, this is her conviction. She says, you know, I've seen a lot of situations with people where it was just completely demonic. Like when they're like being have oppressive thoughts, mm-hmm. it's completely demonic. I've also seen situations where it was psychological. Um, she's like, but every time it's psychological. There's, she says, in my experience, there's almost always something demonic there as well. Mm. Um, so she's like, I've, I have just her experience. She's like, I've never seen a situation where it was just purely psychological. And I'll say theologically, I can see that because what happens is Satan doesn't play fair. Mm. If you have wounds, Satan prods those wounds. And so... I I can see someone just having an imbalance uh, chemically in their brain, let's just say, Mm -hmm. that wants to drive them towards self-harm. Or maybe they've experienced something damaging socially that wants to drive them towards self-harm. It might have had an origin there, but by the time they start to contemplate self-harm, it's very likely, in my experience and in my estimation, I'm speaking editorially for, for me, that the demonic is involved there mm. the demonic is involved when someone's like i want to take my life and, and and i'll be honest with you it makes sense to me because ultimately satan wants death and destruction that's what he desires mm-hmm. and for someone to do that at their own hand in my opinion i think that there's something there and yeah. so again i don't think i'm not gonna say it's completely demonic in all times but I, i'm gonna say um I think there's a rat in the in the house when 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 <laughs> when, when we start having these ideations yeah. of self harm and especially when they're very compulsory and they're mm. and they're repetitive. Hmm. So I want to ask you about um, an experience you've had mm. um, with deliverance and dealing with demons, because like you mentioned before, we live in the Western world, yeah. and so there's a lot of skepticism. There's a lot of um, wondering how real is this how true does it actually get uh i mean we're both young so we haven't experienced the craziest things we you know we've seen certain things Mm -hmm. and still i'll be at church in in certain moments where i'm like all right is this person being dramatic or or is this a demonic manifestation um and going off of that too there's um when i whenever i scroll scroll through social media you know, you see um, holy, I, I mean, prophets. I guess, prophets and Holy Unquote. Spirit moments and you see like deliverances and mm-hmm. people just like spazzing out on the floor. And so I take the time to read the comments and all the comments are like, this is not from God. It's usually, this is you know, not like from God. Like blowing in the mic. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, You've like, got the crazy like, uh, like, you know, like the, the whoosh sound. Yeah, and it's like, I've, I've even seen pastors push them like, <laughs> like yeah. they just, it gets yeah. intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so how real does this get and what you know what's a crazy moment you've had i'm gonna you know it's funny i'm gonna say so i my background i was a cessationist for a while like what does that mean so as a cessationist that means i didn't believe like the supernatural the holy spirit uh uh, as as seen in the new testament still happened in the modern era um, and I took this theology. So deliverance, that wasn't a real thing that was needed anymore. That was something that was an early thing, uh, early sign and wonder. Same thing with some of those miracles. When I start, when I start having some encounters, I, I change that theology. But I still had a lot of skepticism on all those different things. The more I 
get into this and see things, um, I realize how real it actually can get. Mm. Now, I'm going to say, when you look at all these clips, is everyone there, like, just be, is it being dramatic? Is it demonic? Whatever. It is? Uh, you're always going to have a mixture of that. Of course, mm. there's always the fake in the midst of the real. That's mm. just always how it works. Mm. Um, like, even, it, just think of it on, a, on an easier level. You go to church, and everyone's singing the songs. How many people there are singing the songs because they're really believers versus the ones that are singing the songs because they like good music? <laughs> there's always there's always going to yeah, be that mix. Yeah. And so even like some people's personalities or types are like they're just ready to act a fool. I, you know, so so so, mm. so 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 now here with that being said, um in the Bible we see just some really dramatic strange things that happen with all of those things. So like if if we're going to sit here and see like supernatural or Holy Spirit ministry and like discredit because it, it's weird. You're gonna have to discredit a whole lot of the Bible because it talks about in the in the Gospels that some demons came out with shrieks and screams. So we see that literally in the Gospels. We we see yeah. that there's sometimes where Jesus does this weird thing where he takes mud and rubs it on someone's eyes to get them healed. It does. Why does that even make sense? Like, why couldn't, yeah. it's Jesus. He could just said, get healed, right? right. Like, he could have just said, open your eyes. And sometimes he does that. Uh, but for whatever reason, in this moment, he decides to mm -hmm. rub mud on someone's eyes. And so I've come to say, like, um, unless it's actually damaging to someone, I'm giving room for it, even if it feels weird. So, like, if if you're like actually shoving someone down and they're hurting themselves, no, uh, come right, on, right. stop that. Um, but if someone is just like extra dramatic and they're like gonna do like they're gonna blow on people, like even that—that's a big one, blowing on people mm -hmm. that blow the Holy Spirit. I can find that a little weird. Okay. But then at the same time, in the Gospel of John, Jesus blew on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So there's somewhere in the Bible where this blowing thing happens. Uh, when the when the Holy Spirit comes in Acts, the second chapter, it comes like a mighty rushing wind. Mm -hmm. So so, I, so I'm going to say, I don't sure. want to, I'm not going to discredit something because it looks weird. Um, okay. So 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 my stance is on that is, is all that real? No, of course. Every time you have a revival and, and a move of God, you're going to have three elements. You're going to have the Holy Spirit. You're going to have the flesh. That's people's own mm -hmm. human desires. And then you're going to have the demonic. And guess what? All three three of them show up. Guess what? Every meeting, all the three of those show up. Wow. And so, so what I do is I try to, I try to say, God, ask a question in those things. God, where are you at work? Um, rather than me try to be critical of everything that's happening, I'd rather just say, I just want to embrace what's really going on by the Holy Spirit. And, and I'll be honest with you in the early church, um, all these things are happening. It doesn't seem like uh, the early believers wasted a whole lot of time trying to figure out who was receiving the Holy Spirit and who was faking receiving the Holy Spirit. It seems like they spent most of their time just doing the work of the Holy Spirit mm. and celebrating what the Holy Spirit was doing. And so as I've gone into this more and more, I, like I used to be that person like, wait a second, is this real? Yeah, and yeah, and yeah, focus yeah. all my attention on that. And I realized focusing on all my attention, trying to discern like if someone really was receiving the Holy Spirit, I was missing some of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And so so my That's new thing point. is my new my thing is I I'm going to ask the question is something unhealthy here happening? Cuz if something unhealthy is here, we're going to yeah. deal with that. But if someone is just like crying extra a lot and you're like, I don't, "Is that is that really the Holy Spirit? Is that just yeah, them yeah, being yeah. extra?" I'm going to say I, I don't really care. Like I'm going to say like uh, they're they're not they're, they're are they distracting everyone are they actually thwarting other people's ministries if they're not then let them experience it maybe it is the holy spirit maybe it's some of them i'm okay with that hmm. Hmm. okay what, what about the experience that you've had like i just i'm just curious Which experience? to hear like the the craziest experience yeah just yeah. something that like just shows you know people how, how real, real this yeah. can get Dude, probably the crazy experience I had. I I, I shared this at a class I taught a few weeks ago. Yeah, um, I attended that class. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah very yeah. good class, very good class. Um, <laughs> so it was actually one of the first openly demonic encounters I had. Uh, I was in Wisconsin at a retreat center. There was a gentleman there that was uh, noted as the spiritual healer for the whole retreat center. So this was not a Christian retreat center, oh, okay, okay. but it was a retreat center that any group could rent. So we were a Christian group that rented at this retreat center. And uh, late one night, uh, myself and a friend of mine from college, we started having a conversation with him, uh, sharing, trying to share their gospel. And he started 
performing multiple supernatural signs, um, including uh, it started to rain really hard. He waved his hand and the rain stopped. Uh, not it wasn't it wasn't like it let up slowly like a faucet. Like it was rain. And I, when I say it was raining, like we're sitting here. That that's about about how far we were. I could almost, the rain was so intense, I could almost barely see him. And this dude waved his hand and caused the rain to stop. And he, and he recognized, he said, he said, you saw what I did, right? And I was like, oh, it's going down, it's going down. Um, wait, 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 you, you guys were standing out in the rain? We were sitting out on a dock next to the lake. Well, why were you guys just chilling with because downpouring we were, rain? Well, yeah, because we, we were witnessing and it just was going, it was just going on. So we were actually in the middle of doing like our evangelism, so to speak. And I mean, we're in college. Yeah. That's just how life goes at that time. Dang. But it started raining. Like, I mean, downpouring rain. Yes, downpouring rain. And and also the rain only was like, it was like about a minute and a half, I would say, of downpouring okay. rain. Because he, he waved his hand and the rain stopped. And he said that uh, he spoke in demonic tongues. How old were you at this point? I was 19. Yeah, I was 19. What is going on in your head when you see this? Um, at that time, uh, I was like, this is crazy. I remember at that time I was scared because I had never yeah. I had never been taught about this type of stuff. I had read about it, but no one had ever taught me about it. And so I, I, I was like, I was like, I was like, this is the craziest thing I've ever experienced. And where have you read about that? What'd you say? In the Bible. In the Bible I read about it. That's that was literally it. I was like, I hadn't I, I'd heard I'd heard some stories, but no one ever taught like this is what you do in that situation. If I knew what I knew now, all I had to do is say, and then Jesus, stop it. You know, you know and Jesus says he rebukes, like he rebukes. Rebuking means to basically just say stop it. Yeah. And and, and I and I didn't know that the authority that I had in, in that moment. So you so you you didn't even have to go into a bunch of spiritual warfare. Like if you just said that, what would have happened? Yeah, in the name of Jesus, he would have stopped. And I, I I am fully convinced that he would have just it would have put him right in his tracks. What happened was that day, um, again we were inexperienced, so we were like kind of having like mostly the guy I was with who's who was a brilliant guy. He was having like this intellectual debate with someone that was demonized. You don't have intellectual debates with demons. You don't see ever Jesus like debating with demons. Mm. He just commands them. And so the mm. issue is you have to command because uh as believers we have what we call spiritual authority. That means we have the right to use the power of heaven. Um uh, you know Cops don't come and reason with you when it's time to to get things done. They tell you this is where you need to go. Yeah. This is what needs to happen uh, because they have the authority of the state behind them. Uh, we were sitting here and, and reasoning, so to speak, with the demonic. That's not how that works. Mm. You can reason with people, <laughs> with human beings, <laughs> but you don't reason with the demonic because because the demonic isn't there. They the demonic is is just as aware of the the reality of who God is as you. They're mm. they're just as aware. They mm. know God. It says in the scripture they they know God and they they shudder. So they they just aware. So you're not having a counter where you're trying to convince them of the stuff. At that point, you just have to actually tell them what's going on. But how much? All right. So how much demon was there, and how much of the person was there? So this is so funny. So so you know this thing idea of demonization. You know in the scripture you'll see it says demon possessed. The better translation is demonized mm. all right um why because even in the greek it's one word um and so demonizes the word um and demonized basically means to be afflicted by an evil spirit there are levels to demonization like there's like low levels where you're kind of just like you know like you're you're maybe semi-anxious all the time that if it's caused by something mm. that's demonic or tempted to sin um and then there's a full-blown level where and i've heard of people like this um and even I know at least one person where they would get demonized and they would black out, go engage in all types of stuff and wouldn't even remember it and oh then come gosh. back to himself. In that moment, he's he, this guy was pretty close to that level. Maybe not fully there, but he's pretty close to that level because he had actually given over um, himself to the demonic. So, so you know... As a, a believer or even a non-Christian, mm. you might not have, you might not be like, demons use me. You, you know, you might be being used by a demon, yeah, but you don't yeah, have, yeah, yeah. you haven't like given this like open invitation, like I want it. Whereas when you get into some people that are involved in certain levels of Satanism, witchcraft, they actually do rituals and say, I want to give myself over. And when mm. you do a ritual like that, um, you give uh, the demonic greater access and residency within yourself. And so he was pretty high high into that, uh, very much so, even just by things he said. So 
I, I'm without a doubt. I know during that experience, there's a couple things that he did where I almost say he almost might not have been even barely present uh, himself. Um, what else did he do? So, uh, now I didn't see this, but but the friend I was with saw this, where he appeared with wings and with horns. And now, now here's the deal: is I was when I was sitting there, I would look and I I just saw him as as he regularly was. Mm-hmm. But he would say stuff like, hey, do you want me to put my horns away? Do you want me to put my wings away? And my and my friend uh, would say yes. And I talked to my friend later. He said, I saw him full, full wings, full horns. No I, saw, I saw all the stuff. And, and I remember even this demon, demonized guy, I, I saw him with his, his physical hands gesture and push his, push his horns down, so to speak. Um, so so he did that. He, 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 appear, he appeared with a third eye. Um, and, and, and that was crazy. Um, so, so he, he would do a lot of those different types of things. I remember though, this is interesting. So I remember I would, he would also do this. Oh, there's another one. And this is also where I kind of learned something about one of the gifts of the spirit. So, uh, anytime I would talk, Josh, that's my friend. Mm-hmm. He would, he would pray under his breath. He was sitting right next to me. I couldn't hear what he was saying. Um, then when he would talk, I'd pray under my breath. And uh, Joel was this demonized individual. He was saying maybe again like eight, eight to ten feet away. Every time Josh would pray under his breath, mind you, I'm saying next to Josh, I couldn't hear what he said. He would repeat all of Josh's prayers, and then he would reject them. He said, "You're praying A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and I reject that. I reject that. I reject that." No way. And I couldn't even hear what Josh was saying. He was saying next to me, but then I remember. I just remember something I heard. I was like, you know, when you pray uh, in a tongue, as it says in scripture, that no one understands but God. And so I start praying in tongues. And I remember this demonized individual. He said, stop that. Stop that. Stop that. And so I was like, that was the only thing. That was the only thing. So I said, I said, that was my only gotcha of the night for that night. It was like I I had the gotcha. And so I was praying in my my, uh, heavenly language and tongues. And Did you feel intimidated when he started saying stop? Like as a 19-year-old when you you a little bit but i was like this is the only thing that's happened tonight that feels like it works so i Mm -hmm. I was like i'm gonna stick with it (laughs) yeah 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 and so 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 i i did and uh eventually when the the way the night ended because it was like we we must be out there for 45 minutes or so uh, and i just i realized like you know something this was like something that we just hadn't been prepared for so i just told josh i was like it's time for us to go man we we just got to get out of here and and we need to we need to regroup for tomorrow Uh so to speak uh, oh, one other one other supernatural manifestation he did do is um, is uh, in his eyes. I remember he had um, brown eyes, and I remember I was talking to him, and his brown eyes went all black, all black. And I that one I saw. It, it, it you saw sw- that one? Yeah, that one I saw. That one I saw. It went all as I was talking to what? him, and 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 because I, I said out. Because usually when I was talking to him, I was like a little bit more. Josh was very reasonable. I was a little bit more aggressive. I was like, I was like, no, that's just a lie. That's not true. Yeah, and yeah, whatnot. Yeah. And I remember he said, he said, he said, I'm not lying. I'm not lying. And I remember it was brown eyes, like really, really brown eyes, like not like like dark dark brown, like that that like the mm-hmm. I guess almost like hazel, I guess. And I remember it went. It, it was like almost like the pupil filled up the whole no eye. Way. Yeah. So I remember seeing. I saw that one. And and mind you, again. I hadn't been in a class. I I didn't take I didn't take theology no or spiritual way. warfare because uh, I so I was I was just out there trying to make it so to speak. But I'll say this: after that, my whole worldview changed. Of course, and 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 so when I would run into because I've had way obviously a lot of encounters after that. But every time now after that, I start having a whole fresh level of spiritual authority because I realized oh the name of Jesus is actually true. It's that the name of Jesus that every knee shall bow and every tongue <sighs> shall confess. And so I would I'd invoke the name of Jesus. And 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 I'll tell you, it worked. It mm-hmm. worked when I was doing evangelism at the College page in Illinois. The name of Jesus, it worked, uh, and demons actually had to submit to that. Wow. And and I just that that night, I just I didn't have. I'd heard about it, but like you know, a lot of times, like and this happens to people their first encounter. Sometimes, mm-hmm. if they haven't been prepared or equipped, they're just like in the moment, they're like. You're you're overwhelmed because you're like, oh, this is more real than I actually had imagined. Mm-hmm. Did you go and tell all your friends right after? I would have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I told like, a lot of people. I told yeah. a lot. I I sure enough did. I told a lot of people because I was like, I was like, 
I was telling a lot of people also because I was just trying to figure out it, figure this experience right, 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 out right. and process it. So I told I told a whole bunch of people. And did anybody um, laugh at you like, "Yo, you're crazy"? You know what? Surprisingly, not even one person did. Isn't that funny? Now I told almost all Christians. No, I even told a whole bunch of non-Christians. They were like, "What?" I think too because they know my personality type. So like, I'm not. I've never yeah, been you a dramatic. Just make that up. Yeah, and I, I'm not a dramatic type of person. I'm not super emotional type of person. Yeah, and so like, I'm I'm pretty level-headed. So people just had a high regard that like. This probably actually happened. And also, it was too extreme. It wasn't like there's was mistakable stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it wasn't like kind of like, really? It was like, it was stuff like the rain. It was, and also it was the fact that he himself was 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 self-disclosed, demonized. Like it, it wasn't like there was just like a random person. Like he talked about how he invited like evil spirits into himself. Mm. He was there as a spiritual healer and things like that. So like people just kind of believed it. So Wow. Wow. I, I want to dive deep into um, just certain, like, not fun topics, but just other topics mm. regarding, let's say, um, you brought up that he gave himself to the to the enemy side. Yeah. Um, so, you know, now nowadays, when we look at music videos and we see concerts and we see all these celebrities doing these things, I mean, there was one music video that I saw where she literally was a demon. Yeah. I see another one where, like, this other guy's, like, trying to be jesus he's on a cross and he's getting burnt and then it's just crazy stuff People where it's like, upside down crosses and necklaces on stage no yep. no it's cr like uh one artist like flashed the word satan right behind you yep. know people were saying they were doing satanic rituals like in the concert yeah <laughs> um yeah it's a lot as a person that goes to watch these concerts First of all, should Christians even be attending these concerts? Yeah. Are they putting themselves in danger? You know something? I, here's the deal. I'm one of those people, for a lot of these things, I'm never going to say yes or no to a lot of those things. Okay. Meaning flatly. Because I guess it's possible the Lord can say, can actually give you a word to go to a concert. But I'm going to ask you some questions that you'd have to ask yourself. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Part two next week. Peace out.